Yeah, unreal. Hey, we uh, heard that this guy's running short on time, so let's get straight to him. 18 past 10, Premiership winning coach. I'm rising for a standing ovation. Corey Shackleton from the Kalani Val Bombers. You snap a 15-year drought. Well done, mate. And I know it's been a wild week of celebrations. Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, it definitely has been a, a big week of celebrations. And, um, yeah, like you said, 15 years. So we've probably got a, a few years worth of celebrations to catch up on. What was the key, Shaq, to the performance? Um, well, it was, it was a real armrest. I mean, the game could have went either way, to be honest. At halftime, we were down by nine points. We probably, Terrigal were dominating a little bit around the contest and we were probably a little bit panicky. We were just kicking long and, and really letting their halfback dominate and chop everything off. We just weren't getting good entries to our forwards, who we thought one-on-one were probably good enough to get a winning score. So we just really tried to reinforce that we had to, you know, get first use of the ball and start to lower our eyes a little bit, just control possession and then get some nice long direct entries in that, you know, inside our forward 50 so we can get some of our big guns more one-on-one in the contest. And then that, the premiership quarter, I suppose, as they say, it proved to be the difference. You know, we kicked six goals and, you know, Trent mm. Stubbs kicked four and, you know, had a, had a real moment, which was fantastic. Yeah, so that third quarter, six goals, 238 to two goals, 113. You blow them out of the water. And you mentioned about Stubbs. When I caught up with you on Sunday, you said he's probably, apart from the McVeigh brothers, the most highly credentialed player of all time at Kalani Vale. Tell us more about his illustrious career and also tell us what he said to you at half time. Yeah, well, well, Trent is kind of, he's 30 now, but he's, he's mates with one of the other players, Aaron Duncan, and he's, he started as a Hawthorne scholarship player. As a kid, went through the scholarship program at Hawthorne and ended up getting drafted with Collingwood. Uh, and he played a couple of years with Collingwood, but just didn't crack the AFL. Played in their VFL side, played some good footy there. Then he got delisted. He came back home as a Sydney boy. He played three years with the East Coast Eagles you know, in the NEFL. He won three best and fairest, and you know, team of the team of the year, and those kind of honours with East Coast. And then from there, he went over and played a season or two in the Sandful in South Australia, and then. He went and played a season or two in Southport up in Queensland and the Neefal as well. And then I think after that, he, he moved back to Sydney. He plays a bit of cricket as well. And he just, you know, that, that much footy and his body was getting a bit tired. And, you know, his career had taken off a bit with work. And he just thought he wasn't going to, didn't have the time to put into that level of footy anymore. So we started chipping away at him and saying, mate, listen, you can play for Carnival. It's, um, there's no pressure. You know, it's just a bit of fun. And have a kick with some of your mates. Uh, and he knew a few of the boys at the club. And, yeah, so he, he agreed to, to come and play with us for the year, which was fantastic. And, um, yeah, it just gives us that class up forward. Um, and to the, the half-time chat, yeah, I mean, chatting with him at half-time, like I said, we were we were just getting caught on that half-forward line. He was playing a bit higher. He was playing half-forward for us. And they were, all our entries were getting cut off. Uh, Jay Sandam and Kurt Fleming and Corbin Bond, some of their you know, kind of high rollers were just were killing us across there. And he came and said to me, hey, listen, I... Um, me and Rooster are gonna. I'm gonna start playing a bit deeper. I just want to get get some one on ones and, and just get a bit more of my hands on the footy because he said to me, "We ain't gonna lose this. There's no way." Because he's lost about four or five grand finals. He never won hmm. one. So he had this look in his eye, and when he said that to me, I thought, "All right, we won't. Uh, we won't make any changes with you just yet. We'll see how it goes for five minutes, and then, yeah, within five minutes he kicked a goal, and then within ten minutes he kicked four. So <laughs> it was a, he turned it on its head. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a guy that I'd like to mention this morning because. I had the pleasure of coaching him when he was a young man and then he went away and he had a fantastic career and he must have been so close. I know he, he had some in-depth discussions with St Kilda, but Rick White, uh, just a sensation. Well, he's a club legend now at Kalani Vale and 
he told me on Sunday that he's played his last game for the club. And he actually said there were some tears after the game winning a premiership for the second time here. Oh, yeah, Rick, Rick White's an absolute gem. Uh, like you said, he's a, he's a class footballer. He's a, a pure athlete. Uh, and, yeah, I haven't had the discussion with him about whether he's playing next year. I think there's a, there's a small clause in my contract that says if Rick White doesn't play, I'm not going to coach. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he was, there was a few tears himself. You know, Josh Misford, a few of the clan of our boys that have just battled on for so long, you know, were so relieved. But for Rick, yeah, he... He was the only player that had won a first-grade premiership before last weekend. Um, and, you know, now there's a whole bunch of them. So that was special. But, yeah, Rick puts his heart and soul into his footy. And he uh, he's a pretty unassuming guy. But when he gets on the field, he, he's just a phenomenal player. And he's probably the greatest bomber that's, that's ever graced the field, bro. Mm, it's a big call. Big call, um, Shaq. But you'd know and um, obviously appreciate what he's done for the club. Uh, mate, just, you know, you touched on if Rick's not there next year, then you're not coaching. But... You know, do you start planning for season 2023 and, and what does that look like? Yeah, I guess, unfortunately or fortunately, we, we already you already start those discussions. You kind of want to enjoy the moment and, you know, enjoy what 2022 was. But just football being football, you start to think, well, who's playing and who's not and what does 2023 look like? And, um, yeah, luckily, yeah, there's, there's guys like Rick and probably Damien Hector and Trent Stubbs that we'll look at about whether they play football again. Um, not because we don't want them to, but just, you know, where they're at with their lives. But everyone else is recommitted and they're, and they're, they're good to go. So, um, yeah, discussions have already started about, you know, what does the coaching structure look like and, and what changes next year. And then, you know, we'll start pre-season in, I don't know, probably around mid-November and we'll start flogging them again. But we've probably got two or three weeks where we just want to enjoy what we've achieved. Mm. And, yeah. And, and one of the... Becomes fast. And one of those, Corey, is this afternoon. You've got uh, on the giant screen down there at your magnificent clubhouse, you're showing the AFL Grand Final and everyone's welcome? Yeah, that's right. A bit of a tradition. We, we you know, host the AFL Grand Final at, at Adelaide Street and just try and get as many AFL you know, like-minded people down there. And, you know, we have a big Calcutta auction for the Norm Smith medalists and first goal kickers. And, yeah, everyone can come down and just... I guess just hang out with people that love their footy and we have it on the big screen and yeah, it'll have be it on a, the big screen and there's a bar open. There's a bar open oh, there. there is a bar open. Beautiful Gage Roads. Gage Roads. How good is that? Yeah, they should be yeah, sponsors of Saturdays on the Coast because mm-hmm. oh, I love their brew. They're from WA. Hey, Shaq, one of the key areas of your coaching, in my opinion, is just the way that you've gone about changing the culture at Kalani Vale Bombers. Now, as a former player yourself, as a an absolute star in the competition, a representative player, that's probably been priority number one, is the way that you've changed the culture and the type of players that you want at your club. Yeah, well, it's been priority one, two and three. Like, you know, the journey was all about getting the culture right and those behaviours and, and the fundamentals in the terms of the way we all want to be on the same page and have a common goal. And, uh, you know, we've got some trademarks and things that we wanted to you know, attach ourselves to. And we knew that if we got people that bought into that and everyone started to believe and just play a role, you know, we had 22 players or in the end, you know, 35 players, I guess, that knew their role and what they had to do, then some of that top-end talent, like the Stubbs and the Whites, uh, the Misfits, should do their thing. You know, they're not trying to carry everyone across the field. So um, that's kind of what we've created. And, you know, I guess we've got to continue to build. But like you said, culture's been absolute king for us and it's been the main focus for the last four years yeah well said uh buttes i should just tell you it got very close i was mm. watching i was at uh, the new Allianz stadium 
prior to the Rabbitohs versus Cronulla, and I was watching the, the live stream, <clears throat> and it got back to seven points. So there were some nervous moments for Corey Shackleton. And in the end, this is really interesting. Terrigal Avoca, credit to them as well. Like, you know, you're not just going to roll over when no, you've had no. the success that they've had. And, you know, they got close toward the end. In the end, they have more scoring shots. Eight goals, 10-58 to 11-5-71. But Kalani Vale... Kick straighter. Yeah, mm-hmm. and off to the promised land and thoroughly deserved the grand final win. You've got to kick between the two big sticks, mate. That's how it rolls. Best team all year. Pretty simple. Uh, Shaq, I do want to touch on, mate, that you, Steve touched on the fact that uh, the AFL grand final today, it'll be on at Adelaide Street Oval uh, in relation to being able to watch it there on the big screen. How do you see it playing out, mate, the Swans taking on the Cats? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a great battle, actually. I mean, I think Geelong are deservedly favourites. Uh, they've been good all year. They control the football and the game so well. Sydney play a really good brand of footy at the moment and they've got some, some great momentum and belief. So it's kind of a real finals type of football they play. So I think if the Swans are in it, you know, at half time, you feel like you'd be getting pretty nervous as a Geelong fan. But if Geelong can settle early and just get control of the match, they might get enough of a lead that they can control the game. But um, the beauty about grand finals isn't it? in whatever code you play, it's, yep. it's a bit of a leveller. It's anyone's game. Yeah, going to be a cracker. Hey, Shaq, I've got one more question, but first I just want to set the scene here. So we've had a lot of people leaving the grandstands, and this is beautiful, Buttes. We've yeah. got a, a guard of honour here involving a lot of friends and family before the President's Cup run out here at Central Coast Stadium this morning. So it looks like anyone who wants to go on the field and form this guard of honour... Yeah, you've got the Leach United team. They're going to... Well, I'm hoping they're coming out first, because if they don't then uh, Avoga going to be running between Yeah, we, we might get our technician, uh, Josh, to go film this. Uh, yeah. Looks fantastic and a really nice concept before this first grand final. Uh, Shaq, just one more question from me this morning, and I can't congratulate you enough, mate, on what you've achieved this year, but sometimes it's really surreal on what's achieved. Is there a moment in last week's grand final that will stick with you forever? Maybe just a small 1% that somebody did on the day that you feel got you over the line? Um, yeah, it's hard to say whether there was an individual moment. I mean, the siren going is a moment that'll, that'll stick with me forever. Um, probably the halftime. Like, I went into halftime nine points down and, and thinking, you know, how do, we, how do we get the boys up? They looked a bit flat. Uh, I think everyone was a bit, you know, this is going to be tough given how good and terrible were. And just looking at the guy, you know, just everyone as a group before we ran out and looked at look in their eyes it just there was some faces in there and there was this belief and I, I just remember coming out after I went, left the boys and walking out and thinking they can do this you know and, it, and just their, the look in their face they just had so much determination that was that stuck in my mind a lot um, but yeah there was a guy that Luke Flack kicked you know in the, in the third quarter uh, he was out on the boundary and he just iced it and it was um, that was pretty special for a young kid you know he's only 18 uh, high pressure, and it was that was pretty special, and that probably made me think, mate, well, we've got this, we're on. Uh, so yeah, this is our day. Well, well congratulations. Good kicking is good football. Yeah, congratulations, mate. Uh, standing ovation for you from all of us, and uh, we can't thank you enough too for being so generous with your time throughout this year. Yep. Congratulations on winning the flag for the first time in 15 years. Thanks, guys.